You're listening to Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher on Lead to Soar, bringing you the best leadership advice and mentorship from around the world. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Hi, Michelle. So good to see you. You too, Mel. What are we going to talk about today? Well, you and I are both bookworms. And we had this light bulb moment a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, saying, why don't we talk about all of the books that we read? And listeners, what you can't see, because of course this is in your ears, not in your eyes, is behind Mel is her groaning bookshelves full of books. And whilst you can, I don't have my groaning bookshelf behind me because I'm in another location today, would be fair to say that we invest a fair bit in reading, don't we, my friend? It's true. I like to think of books as my love language. So if I give you a book, it means that I really care about you and there are also things that I love to receive. Yeah. Well, that's nice because I know you gave me some books at the summit this year and that's that's really cool. So listeners, we figured we'd talk about books today, particularly some books that we've recently read or read that have had an impact on us and why we think perhaps they could be useful to you for navigating workplaces, careers, but also, of course, leadership with a capital L because that's what we're all about. Yeah, absolutely. Shall I kick us off? Yeah, you kick us off. The first one I want to mention is a book that I came across earlier this year. It's called Thrive by Design, the Neuroscience that Drives High-Performance Cultures. It's by a gentleman named Don Ream. And the only reason I came across this book is because I heard him speak at a conference. He was incredible. So fun to listen to, and I had a nice couple conversations with him after the fact. This book, Thrive by Design, is all about using modern neuroscience to understand how people can thrive at work. Put another way, how can you engage employees most effectively so that they're happy and engaged at work. And I'll translate this a little bit to say that the higher the level of engagement you have, the more productive your employees that are, and therefore the more profitable they are. So healthy culture in this sense really matters to the bottom line. So this is one that I loved reading and highly recommend. Excellent. For the leaders, whether they're aspiring, current and advancing leaders on the call, what would be, say, maybe one or two call outs? Because, you know, this is a little bit of the TLDR. Too long, didn't read. But what should they pay attention to, Mel? Oh, okay. Yes. So there are some fundamental things that people, they need in order to feel psychologically safe at work. And coming from a male-dominated space like engineering, I feel like this is a bit of language that may be considered feminine and not really applicable because we work with designs and machines and whatever else. But that's simply not true. For someone to be engaged, they have to feel psychologically safe at work. So psychological safety can be created from things like having a sense that you have multiple close relationships at work, people you can trust, having a manager that regularly validates you as a human, and having a manager who provides really effective feedback 
on your performance and how to progress as an employee. So I'll give an aside here that there was a study done that showed that one of the biggest concerns that executives have is their manager's inability to have effective feedback conversations. Oh, Mel, it's huge. I've had my head in this for the last month because of that that Textio research that I dived into. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So feedback, effective feedback is a is a pervasive challenge. And it's one that really needs to be tackled in the context of psychological safety and cultivating engaged team members. Another one that stood out to me in the book, this is by no means exhaustive, but another bit that stood out to me is this overarching communication need from leadership in general. I think it can be really easy, especially when a company is in growth mode, for leaders to get caught up in doing all this decision making that happens behind closed doors and then failing to take advantage of some of the really wonderful, simple tools that are out there and available to do effective, positive internal communication inside your organization. So looking back to our episode with Molly Beck. Oh my God, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah. She talks about her company providing internal podcasting services. All you need is a person who can dedicate some time to interviewing leaders at different intervals. Absolutely. Well, leaders, come and talk to Mel and I about that because I actually do that for my clients with the a number of the programs that I do. I do internal interviews as part of it with, with CFOs and CEOs. It's so powerful and so effective and it, they're assets that can be used and reused and repurposed in so many different ways. And Mel, this is part of... There's a great saying that I I don't know where I first heard it from, but particularly in the DEI work I do, you've got to go to where people are. You've got to meet them where they are. And for a lot of us, and I love podcasts, as you know, for a lot of us, having information coming through our ears rather than reading tombs of of books or articles, that's where we are. Super powerful leadership strategy. Yeah, I love it. And don't think that people don't want to consume this content. You have employees that are hungry to be more engaged, to understand what's going on. And really, it can only benefit them to have a wider understanding of what's going on with the business of the business. It wins all around. (laughs) Oh, it, it absolutely does. And just you talking about that reminded me of a podcast that I shared with our lead to saw members a couple of weeks ago. So I really like this podcast called Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat. And The episode in particular, which was released around the 29th of September, was Psychological Safety, Setting the Record Straight. And it was an interview with Amy Edmondson. Now, she is the guru, man, like on psychological safety, workplaces at work. I first came across Amy, oh, it was probably 10 years ago when I was doing my MBA and just kind of read her research and read the way that she talks about the humans that um, and leadership at work and just really resonates. So she's an org psych and she talks about, you know, what is psychological safety? Because again, it's one of these terms that gets bandied around and what does it actually mean? And then there was also the other gentleman podcast was Octavius Black, who's the founder of Mind Gym. Again, 
going back to your book, Mel, behavioural science-based interventions in organisations. So that would be a really good companion piece to listen to in conjunction with that book. But that's this psychological safety, hugely important. But again, what is it? So let's really understand what it is. How do I do it? How do I create it? Yes, absolutely. So I want to get through at least two more books and I'm going to add in on this one a book called Thanks for the Feedback, which is written by two authors, Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. Thanks for the Feedback is really aiming to help you, the reader, learn how to better receive feedback and to understand some of the common ways that feedback <laughs> I'm I'm laughing thinking about what <laughs> that feedback conversations can break down and I think as you learn through this book it also helps you learn how to give it naturally but it's an incredible book I'm going to put that on my list then Mel because one of the things I one of the many things I discuss particularly with the women in our women's leadership development programs is feedback not all feedback matters. So that's number one. So you got to work out whose feedback matters to you. Because let's face it, women get a lot of feedback. We get a lot of advice. So number one, be strategic. Whose feedback matters and why does it matter? How do you pay attention to the right feedback? But also how do you shape the feedback that you're getting. So again, this this might be another podcast episode. I know we've done some things on giving and receiving feedback, but I think it's really important to, I've got a bit of a thing about us having agency over ourselves at the moment. This is a two-way street, right? We, we know that there are a lot of barriers to women advancing and things like that, which is where I'm going with my book recommendation. But we've also got an obligation to step up, stand out, speak up, but there are ways of doing that really effectively and there are ways of shaping that feedback and giving feedback about the feedback because, as I referred to, this Textio research that came out last month shows that 60% are people who get nebulous, vague, personality-based feedback rather than performance are 60% more likely to leave your organization. So this business of building the capability and capacity of managers to give good feedback is incredibly important, leaders, incredibly important. Definitely. It's something that I've started to offer training on. And I did invite Sheila onto the podcast. So Sheila, if you're listening to this, we would love to interview you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, Michelle, you're next. So my, I'm going to take you back a few years, listeners. In 2013, I read this book called Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Now, please stay with me. Don't roll your eyes because I know that Lean In cops a lot of crap these days because, look, it just hasn't aged well. However, at the time, Lean In was a clarion call for me because I thought, finally, here's a book that's telling me about the things that happen in the workplace. Of course, as I became more experienced and paid attention, I realized that one of the clear things about that Lean In was doing was putting the burden of inclusion on those that are excluded women, wasn't actually addressing the system. Fast forward to 2023, so literally 10 years later, I buy this book called Beyond Leaning In by Melanie Ho. And we did interview Melanie earlier this year on the podcast for full transparency, but this book is just really good. Why is it good? Because it's telling the story of a, a fictitious but very, very believable and feasible organization 
And it's telling the story of the experiences of women at all levels in the organization, including the woman CEO and all of the things that they experience, observe, etc. It provides the experience of black women. It provides the experience of other marginalized women. And it also gives some interesting insights into the behaviors of our male colleagues including really positive behaviours that somehow go a little bit awry. Why do I like it? Because it is easy to consume. It gives really good leadership lessons. And again, I think it promotes one of the game-changing characteristics of leaders who are serious about women and advancing women in their organisations. It promotes curiosity, uh, two, sorry, not one, curiosity and empathy. We've got to have empathy for other people's lived experience. So I guess there's not one protagonist, but the CEO is a woman who is of similar age to me. She is white and she came up in the years that I did and she had to kind of be part of the club, the boys club, this, that and the other. And while she's all in for women, she has some inadvertent patriarchal standards that she's bringing to her leadership. And she has a protege that ends up being her mentor around this. So it's it's a clever, clever book. Melanie Ho is a clever, clever woman, also does fabulous graphical comics around workplace and diversity. So highly recommend Beyond Leaning In. Lovely. Okay. Another book I wanted to mention, it's not directly leadership related, but I think it's important. It's called Reclaiming Conversation, The Power of Talk in a Digital Age by Sherry Turkle. And one of the reasons that's been on my mind recently about this book's importance is it explores in the beginning some of the recent research around the generation that has grown up their entire lives with devices and is now getting out of of high school, going on to college and careers, etc. And it's a little scary, maybe, to see that what they're seeing is lower skills in communication and lower levels of empathy. So Michelle, you and I were discussing online, if you think about the world that we live in, Today, this age that we're going into beyond the information age and a time when we outsource all of the simple tasks, whether it's overseas or to a machine or to a computer and and AI or robot, etc. The work that that leaves for us humans, the work that's left to do is often much more complex and often requires other human-to-human interaction. So thinking about something like consulting, certainly the engineering consulting space where I come from, you've got to have people who can communicate and work together in very complex ways to execute and deliver on these very complex projects. So if we've got a talent pool coming up now that has lower communication skills, lower lower empathy, that may imply that we're going to have to do some more intensive onboarding and training to get these team members to a place where they're effective in this type of business environment. I really appreciate that. And I actually think let's have a longer discussion about that, Mel, because I look at the, you know, when we onboard someone, what's our speed to competency curve and the way we've always considered that. But now, as you've said, with 
so many of the more simple tasks, automated, what have you, that cognitive load is huge. But we've still got people with people. And that again, I'll go curiosity and empathy. We've got to have those skills. They are the two game-changing skills for effect, well, for effective humans, frankly. But how might we, if we haven't been paid, if our young humans haven't been overtly exposed to the need for those skills and to build those characteristics, we get, as you said, we're going to have to create those interventions as they come into the workforce. So yeah, interesting, fascinating. Yeah, I think we'll have a longer conversation about that. All right, we have to wrap because uh, we've got, we've got another really important person to interview very very shortly for our lead to source summit, which of course, depending on when this this episode goes live, is coming up in about a month. So hugely excited, yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun. We'll do this again sometime. We will indeed. Good on you, Mel. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, listeners. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead to Soar. We sincerely appreciate your honest, positive reviews. You can leave questions at leadtosoar.com for Michelle and Mel to answer on future episodes. Until next time, we hope you'll use what you've learned here and lead to soar.